Moncrief on News Talk. The author of a new photo book showcasing the FLA says the publication is by no means about music or musical instruments. It's about what the man on the street at the FLA saw. Noel McIntyre wanted to capture the magic when the music festival hit his hometown of Mullingar and he did that in Reraw Mullingar, a FLA kill chronicle. And he joins me now. Noel, thanks very much for joining us. How are you today? I'm brilliant, Tom. Thanks so much for having me up. Delighted I have to, to be say, here. huge congrats on this. Thank it's you. an absolutely beautiful piece of work. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You wanted to go with this with a kind of different take, didn't you? Yeah, um, I did. And, um, I, well, I guess I didn't really know, to be honest with you. I knew that this uh, spectacle was coming to my back garden. And as as a filmmaker and as a photographer, I, I'm primarily a storyteller. So I, I, I knew I wanted to be down in the middle of it and I knew I wanted to tell the story. But I didn't really know was, I, in fact, I had no clue what this whole thing was about, by the way. I was never at a flat before in my life. and But, but I knew I wanted to cover it. And it was only... Really, that first day when I went down, I began to say, oh, my God. <laughs> what, what was it about, about it that struck you? The, I mean, the amount of people, like we, we listened <laughs> to it for three years because we had the two years when, when, when COVID hit and we were, yeah. we were caged up for two years. And then this, this uh, spectacle arrived, this circus arrived in, 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 in our town. And I just couldn't get over the amount of people there. I just, you know, we had been told that there would be half a million people coming to Mullingar and none of us believed a word of it. <laughs> you know, not a word. Was it not long after kind of lockdown things came to an end uh, when, when it kicked off? Well, it kicked off in August. The first, I think it was the first of August or the f- first yeah. weekend in August, 2022. Yeah. So the, it, it, I think originally it was supposed to be 2020 and 21. Yeah. Um, I remember, I, I, I did gigs now mm. with the band and those early ones they had a feeling of like nothing else on earth. Yeah. When you were back in a crowd with people, yeah. back in an audience, yeah. it really felt like the most magic thing, oh, didn't it? Was it was super magic. I mean, it was just magic. The hairs were standing on the back of my yeah. head it, nearly every day. I, I, mean, I, I walked to the streets from typically about 11am until late dusk and uh, just at every juncture, there was something that just made me made me say, oh my God, this is just magic. And I was just so delighted to be there with the camera and have the skills to to record it. And, you know, I, I, I think, um, I just can't consider myself lucky. You know, I, I, had, I had set the time aside, by yeah. the way. I knew, I knew that to get the result, you're going to have to put the time in. So from, from day one, I had said, I, I'm eight days at this. Uh, and as everyone, every day went on, I began to see my my approach began to form and solidify in my mind, um, and the thing about it was that there there were a thousand photographers, news crews, TV crews from all over the country and all over the world there, and and I and and in one way when I thought about that I said this this will be tricky now to actually uh, be able to shine a light on this in my own way that was the challenge, mm. but after day one or day two when I noticed that the first image in the book, that little girl who had set her stall out on the Monday morning as I walked into town. And I just, what I, my thoughts at the time were, proud to be Irish. Yeah. And it's such a wonderful <laughs> photograph. That's a girl now. She's just sitting, it looks like she's sitting outside her house. Yeah, outside the driveway. And she set up a little stall mm-hmm. and she's there looking at it. It could be any year, couldn't it? It yeah. could be any time. Well, it was just, it's a, a wonderful image. She, she had gone to a lot of trouble to decorate the, 
the, the posters, they're all hand-drawn, sweets and crisps, one euro, and with water, and yeah. there's little Irish flags. What and, and was it about it that was so appealing to you? Well, when I, that first image, I remember taking it, and then I said, I, I said that's, it's going to be a nice little shot, you know, and I didn't pass too much remarks. And then, as I made my way into town, then I began to see, you know, I saw a guy with a concertina box in his hand, amid a scene of maybe a thousand a thousand feet underground and I just saw this uh, it was uh, this concertina box and I just said wow a simple little box in hand but when I looked at it there was the stickers from all around the world yeah Australia um, you know uh, uh, Luke Kelly was on it oh great I just I just began to see uh, little magic moments pop out and it's it is something that uh, I I say nowadays when I'm in my commercial business I say when you spend time in the environment and your eyes tune in and I've yeah. used that phrase when your eye comes in you can the magic pops out and you know to be there to record it it's, I think it's very special Now I heard there was a little bit of a pushback from the music community who were kind of saying you didn't go into some of the venues or you didn't label <laughs> that's not a concertina <laughs> and that's not a violin yeah. it's a fiddle Yeah but yeah. that wasn't really what you were trying to do. No, was no, there was, there, was, there was a moment there where, where there was a little, a little um, bit of uh, a misunderstanding, I think. More, you know, I, spoke, I met with Joe Kinnear, who, who is flat in the hair and it flows through his veins. And he's, he, he was probably single-handedly responsible for bringing that event to Mullingar. And I met with Joe to talk about the launch, the book launch, which was last Wednesday. And I wanted to, Joe, I wanted to, to create a little bit more than a launch. I wanted to have an event. And um, I wanted to talk to Joe about bringing some musicians along and just recreating a mm. few of the scenes. And, you know, I showed him the, the, the book was in PDF format. And the first thing he said to me was, that's, that's not a violin, you know, that's a fiddle. <laughs> oh God, I'd and, say you were delighted to hear that. I was, I was beginning to say... Uh, okay, right, and then and then we got on to page four or five, and he said, "That's not an accordion; that's a concertina." And the concertina has the buttons oh, on the oh side, and God. vice versa. And I said, "You know," so there was a few little things. And then he yeah. asked me about the other venues and the competitions, yeah. you know, because there's a whole side to the flag that actually I didn't pass any remarks of. That was right. the, comp- the competitive. I was more concentrating on the street, what went on on the yeah. street. And I said, "Look, Joe, I have to." I said to myself, "I'll have to take control of this meeting because." It was just going south rapidly. And I turned the laptop back towards me and I said, Joe, let me start here at the beginning. I'm not a musician. I don't know what a fiddle or a violin or a concertina or an accordion is. And I haven't a note in my head. And, uh, you know, I know there were world champion dancers and all that, but that's not what this book is about. Yes. I said, this book is about what the ordinary man on the street. And like people came from... I don't know where they came from. There was there was yeah. tens of thousands of people, a hundred thousand people at any one point on the streets. And I, I remember saying, where have all these people come from? And the, the images I took are what those people saw. I wouldn't say many of them knew the difference between it. An accordion or a Palestine <laughs> either. Well, the definitely there's a lot of musical people there, but equally so, an equal amount of non-music people. What I found amazing is some of the things that your eye went to mm. now I have mm. open in front of me a, a black and white photograph of these two look like two glasses of water mm. on a table yeah. what, what, what drew mm. you to that? Well that, there's a lovely story to that one and this is, this is typical of, of um, the zone that I, w- 
that I that I was in as time went by. Uh, Eddie Casey had asked me to take some photographs in Canton Casey's over the two years, something that might make it into their wall of fame, you know, make it on yeah. the wall. And I said, sure, won't be a problem. But I had gone into that pub for 13 days in a row. And every day I went in, it was jam-packed and it was the session going on, there was mighty crack. But I just didn't see the magic. Yeah. I just couldn't feel it. And I, as a result, I didn't even take a single photograph in there until the last day but one, which was Saturday, the 13th of August this year. And I went in at around noon as I, as I had done before. But this time there was something different. The, the, the pub was jam-packed, but the, it was silent. The crowd was silent. And as I squeezed my way in, I heard a lone Bowron player playing a solo tune. And I, I you know, you had to, I kind of had to force my way and I got my way into the, where the snug is. And just as I got round the corner, I saw these two glasses of water sitting on the table and the light had just come to the window and it was, it was a prism. It wasn't a shadow. It was casting a prism of yeah. light through the water. And I looked at that and then I realised the surface film of the water is reverberating to the beat of the solo bow run. And I just, I mean, the hairs are standing in the back of my neck right now. Yeah. And they were then, and I took the camera out and I took the photograph and I just said, oh my God, the magic is here right now. And I spent 20 minutes in there and I took three or four magical images and there's three or four of them in the book in that 20 minutes of magical time in Canton Casey's and then when I got those images then I moved on somewhere else because right. I knew there was something else somewhere, somewhere else. What's really striking me looking through all the photographs is the sheer joy of the people. That yeah. seems to be I'm, I'm looking at photographs now of dancers and you have these fantastic photographs of their shoes Yeah, and it's just there's this humanity to it. I know. That's Wonderful. Yeah, it is. It's a. I mean, it, listen. For 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 a, a newbie like me, that's what struck me. It, 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 and I, and I took notes. You know, one important element of this book is I took the photographs, but I also I took notes at the time and I and my thoughts and I wrote them down. And they all make the narrations now in the book. And at one point, I remember saying, "This is as much a festival of people yeah. as it is." of traditional Irish music. It's, it's, a, it's a, an amazing celebration of what's best about our Irish traditions and people from all over the world come along to share that. And it's just, it was just a wonderful feeling, an amazing spectacle to be in the middle of it. I have to say, you set out to do something different and I think you really have. And I think it's that every man thing that I think is the most powerful thing because you, you can get you know, sucked into the world of what type of instrument it is and what strings are on yeah. it. Um, yeah. But it's more about the coming together and the yeah. community, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, I mean, it, it's, a, it's like I say, it's, a, it's, it's the viewpoint of what the ordinary, you yeah. know, the, like you picture a family walking down the, the, the Dublin road, down past the Dublin bridge, down into town, as they did thousands and thousands of them did every day. This is what they saw. Left, right, centre, everywhere. It was just, there was magic moments everywhere. Uh, I mean, there's a photo there of, you like, for a start, who takes a photograph of two glasses of water and puts it in a book? Nobody. Well, when you explain it, yeah. then <laughs> yeah, you see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But there's a photograph there of the back, the backs of people's heads. Yes. And I mean, like, who, who takes it? You know, you go on YouTube or read the rule book. They're yeah. not going, they're going to say, no way. Yes. You know, so, but the, the people, there's a guy with a phone in the air. They're watching magic. There's somebody... In front of the, so the viewer, the, the, the viewer, the reader of that book, their imagination is going to fill in that gap. 
Absolutely. And they're going to say, what, what are those people looking at? It's also a view most of us have when we're at gigs. Yeah. It's the backs of other people's yeah. heads. <laughs> um, your, your skills in this, this is something you came to late in life, isn't it? Photog- not late in life now, but later in life. I'm only a spring uh, chicken, Tom. You are only a spring mm, chicken, mm, but mm. you didn't set out to be a photographer. No, um, I didn't. And um, I was in the motor trade, a family-owned business. I was born into it, I guess, you know. Yeah. And... Looking back on that now, and it is only now with the clarity of being free from from the pressures that that brings, that the a whole world opened up to me. Right, and it, it didn't know it, it was it was an emotional getting out of it. it was it affected by the crash? Was it? The oh yeah, business? yeah. Look, it was the recession of yeah. two thousand and ten. We were in the motor trade. They were particularly that that sector was particularly hard hit. Uh, I had sixty four people working for me, uh, and it, 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 I the the company that my father had founded in circa nineteen seventy two or nineteen seventy three. We were heading for fifty years in business. There was an enormous pressure on me yeah. to not let it fail, but it, it it definitely was failing. And I remember speaking to my dad and saying, "Dad, listen, this this is nearly at the stage where it's, it's nearly irre- irrecoverable if yes. I don't make serious decisions here and and uh, try and." gain keep control in some yeah. way and and that and he gave me his blessing which was really amazing and um with with his help and the help of my brother and my family we we made those difficult decisions and we began to wind it down in, in an orderly manner and uh, which we did successfully and and you know like looking back you, it's a terrible thing to say but looking back now i spent those years consumed by money yeah. Worrying about money, night, noon, and morning. The bank overdraft bouncing off that every day. What are the lodgements like? Yeah. What, what what was sold yesterday? What's going down to the bank? Just nonstop. And you, you, I. If I hadn't have got out of that business, I would have never realised I had this other talent. And it was only when all of that, those pressures were gone after a few months. I began to see the world in a different light. That was what really struck me as very inspiring about mm. your story because you seem to somehow recreate with a creativity inside or reconnect with a creativity inside yeah. yourself. Yeah. That you never really thought was there. Now, I know we don't have much time, but yeah. you, you made a film as well a few yeah. years ago, which yeah. did fantastically well. Yeah. yeah, I made a short film. That was, that was uh, so we, I had exited the motor trade and I was beginning to, to, to see clearly and I had a friend of mine who was uh, a carpenter and he had gone through, I suppose, a similar story with the re- recession. And he, he reinvented himself to be a, 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 a woodcarver and artist. And I, he, he, one day I met him and he said, um, would you come, come in and have a cup of coffee in, in his uh, workshop, which was his garden shed? And I said, well, should I tell you what? I, I'm thinking of trying to get into photography, into maybe product photography or um, maybe some websites and all the rest. So I'll go take a few photographs in your place and you can maybe do something for me. And when I, wa- when I walked into his studio, which was basically a garden shed, I just went, oh my God, the, the, the smells of the timber, the textures, the, the sketchings, the, you know, just the, the carvings that were there. And I just, oh, my God, this is a story that must be told. Mm. But there was, and I was, it was, I was going to do it via photographs and I had never made a film or even taken video before. And I remember there was a little, um, like a thing that comes out of a cuckoo clock hanging down from the ceiling on a piece of string. And the wind from the door was making this rock. 
So I was rocking away gently there as we were talking. And I said, a photograph won't do this justice. So I just switched the, the dial on the camera over to video. And I said, let's see how this looks. And um, I, I, that's basically how that happened. How it began, as basic yeah, as that. Yeah, yeah, that's how that happened. And then, then uh, it, it, something popped up on Facebook and it was uh, an open call for filmmakers. Yeah. And I remember saying to myself, hmm, filmmaker. Right. I like it. It's a bit of a leap. Oh, well, I like it. So I entered and I won that. And um, now I was just hang on, you've leapt forward from turning it over from still shots on your phone or whatever to, uh, to a film. So, and then you've won this award. Yeah, yeah. So a bit of a leap there. What yeah. did you do exactly? Did you do a course? Did you buy a No, new no, camera? I didn't do any courses. No um, courses. No, 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 no courses required. Uh, well, there's so much information out there, you know, on YouTube and everything. You just figure it out. But, but, um, uh, look at I. I see. I entered the basically what was uh, only a collection of of rushes and sort of yeah. shots, and I, I I entered. I wrote to the guy and I said, "Look, this is not finished," and I just was maybe hoping to get even just a little bit of feedback from you guys. Sure. And he emailed me back and he said, uh, "Look, finish it quick," <sighs> and I finished it in like in no time yeah and uh, I won the the prize was I was assigned a composer from RTE and th- uh, they composed an original score for the film and it was recorded in the studio one in RTE there and um, with that just there was another whole new world opened up in front of me and that was this world of film festivals which I had, n- I had I never even knew existed and the, the film went all around the world 19 countries 19 awards uh, culminating in uh, Hollywood and I went out for a week on my own to Hollywood and I had an absolutely brilliant time. Fantastic. I have to ask you on behalf of everyone listening to us, what is the secret of your success? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I, I, you know, I say regularly nowadays, there are no rules. Yeah. You know, there's no rule. When, when, I, was, when I was in the shop there, running the forecourt shop, I was standing at the tail and all these people were coming in and then, well, you know, I, I got that away then I got, uh, got out of that business and I remember a lady a customer who'd be coming in there for years and she said what are you going to do and it was like there was a, a debt or yeah. something. she said what are you going to do and I, I said sure, show me the rule book what, who says you have to do anything what, what's, where's the rule book for life and it was just where do, you, where do you get that outlook from because I think most people will be with the woman who comes into the shop they would have that sense of rising panic and what yeah. am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> and they have it all the time. There, there was no panic, Tom, because I had come through a crushing time of that recession. And, I, and there was certainly no panic with not having to do anything. Yeah. Uh, and I just, I just was confident that something had come my way. Um, like, as a young kid, my father was a great inspiration to me. I, he always told me that, you know, if you want to fly that jumbo jet, the, the jumbo jet at the time in the in the yes. 70s was the big thing. And he said, there's nothing stopping you. There's no, nobody can stop you if you want to do it. And th- just one little story. Uh, around, I did the leaving in 1988 and I suppose 1987 or so, my folks, they, they accepted. It was more of an acceptance than a realisation. They accepted that I wasn't going to make it in academia. And could, my father took me aside and I always remember he sat me down and he said, Noel, Going to college is not everything. It's not yeah. the end all and be all. There's a whole world out there of all sorts of opportunity. And, but he said, there's one thing that's, that you have to master. And that is, you have to be able to walk up to somebody. And back in the day when you did shake hands, he says, you have to reach out your hand, look 
someone in the eye and say, my name is Noel McIntyre and I'd like to do business with you. And that has carried me all my life. You know, like I spent a lot of time selling cars, but that has carried me all Amazing. my life in everything I've done, including going to Hollywood. I yeah. met people there. I met a, an executive from Netflix who was sitting beside me yeah. and I was telling him my story. And a half an hour later, he handed me his card and he says, I'm, 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 a, I'm a chief executive of Netflix. <laughs> and he says, you have a great story. <laughs> No, I'll tell you, if you want to go into um, after dinner speeches or <laughs> inspirational talks after well, this. It's like, I, it's like I say, it'll be expensive. <laughs> of course, yes. Oh, I'm disappointed if it wasn't. Um, the book is fantastic, though. Well, thank and, you. And continued success. Mm. It's called mm. uh, Rerod Mullingar, mm. A Flat Kill Chronicle. Mm. I know, thanks very Can much. Can we just say where it's available? Yeah, go on. Quickly, it's available in Just Spooks Mullingar. Kenny's Bookshop in Galway, who are very enthusiastic about it, and it's available direct on rerawbooks.com. Very the best of luck with it, I'm sure we'll be hearing more from you. Now. Tom, thanks a million. Pleasure talking to you. Thanks. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.